So it's two o'clock, top of the hour. Um, I'd like to welcome everybody to the April virtual networking sessions for WINS. So again, welcome to everybody who joined the WINS April virtual networking call. Um, today on the agenda, we have Alison Reichstein who will be presenting um, a little bit about uh, her career path. She is actually in the conference room with me here at 3BV. Um, and then after that, we have a couple of other slides, um, some items we'd like to discuss just for WINS audience, um, and we'll get that, that get to that towards the latter part of this session. So with that, I'm going to turn this over to Allison. Hello. First of all, thank you for giving me the time today. I'm the North America Global Trade Manager. been with Salinas for just over six months. Um, it's, it's been a good fit for me from the get-go, from the interview stage, literally. So hopefully I can illustrate that over these next couple slides. And there you go. So there's the topics I'll cover, starting right off with, uh, with WINS and how it fits into how I see my purpose here and the company, and then give you a very busy slide on the career progression. Um, then talk a little bit uh, about motivation and success um, and what has, what has brought me here. So mentioned I'm fairly new to Selenis, and I assumed that my professional frame of mind aligned to the intent of the company and to this group, but it was beneficial for me to call on it. It was very helpful to me to, to sit and think through what's the stated purpose of Selenis and of Selenis wins. So the slide's pretty wordy, but you have all of this information. Um, it's included here for others who are new or are approaching purpose at this high level. Uh, we don't generally get a lot of time to sit at our desk and ponder the purpose. Um, but maybe you'd have the same sense of validation, being the very direct ties between Selena's purpose, company support for wins, and our individual roles within the company. I've gone with the belief results, because that's, to my mind, what you know connects most directly to what the purpose is. Okay, and this is what I mentioned. It's a lot of, as my team calls them, bubbles. I like flowcharts. Um, I'm Right off that, I'm, I'm pretty self-motivated, but looking over in the, the left-hand side, that first starting point, what can I do in the interest, uh, not so much interest, I really had no sense of, <clears throat> pardon me, of vocation. Um, so when I'm pretty low on confidence starting out. So aptitude was really my first aha moment, you know, I can do this, and then fairly quickly, I can excel at this, and, and to the degree that confidence built that I can be expert at, and I say at this, but whatever I was doing at the time, working through that. So you can see on the aptitude piece, um, it was what can I do, then what can I do to en enable? Uh, and it kind of followed very rapidly up the string there, um, just because of the opportunities I had, that it organically followed this path of, I was with a broker, which is pretty under-automated, um, so trying to find a way to help technology use technology to help us get more done and get better. And then I moved from there to HP. So this technology behemoth, right? And um, that led to how could you not take on, you know, challenges that an IT company offers you if you're interested at all in IT. So that went into driving automation. I still was very interested in working with the government with customs. And HP was very generous in allowing me to continue to do that. Um, so I had you know, a lot there is the gift of being able to follow my interests. Um, so moving up through aptitude and then moving toward interest, um, much of the reason I've had this gift, I have to acknowledge the fact that I was very lucky to start with. 
I had access to education. I had educated parents. Um, I grew up with, you know, grammar that made sense across the board, and, and communication skills were sub substandard. Communication skills were not tolerated. <laughs> so right off the bat, you walk in the room, you can have the conversation. That's really very helpful. And I'm, I'm physically able. I'm very uncoordinated. Don't get me wrong, but physically able. So I've been able to move across the country to take job opportunities that I wanted, um, and I've never really been held back from that. I've also benefited from incredibly supportive management. Uh, people who absolutely deserve my respect and gave it freely. Um, few of them had ambition to spare. And I've had enough of the alternative kind of leadership that I really appreciate the good ones. Um, and I would say even a negative manager who's consistent is better than inconsistent. That, to my mind, has been the most, uh, the, the, the worst sign of where a department or, or company, for that matter, is going is, in, is inconsistency. Um, so I'm you know, very, very fortunate to have seen that and, and also feel like we're in a very good place here. Um, so I've also noticed in the interest, there's that little orange bubble on the what's missing. And I went along this career path that kept getting shunted more and more into IT. And I found after having gotten the degree and the job and doing it, I didn't like it. It was very unrewarding to me. And I stopped short about a year and a half ago and sought out an executive consultant that I don't find this rewarding. I've achieved my goal, and I don't like it. And I have no problem working through a task I don't enjoy. But even when I succeeded, there was no sense of reward. So it was really obvious to me that I needed to make a change. Um, so moved moved out from there. Um, and on those last two columns, I toyed with flipping the education and the opportunity, sort of a chicken and the egg thing for me. When I found something that interested me and pursued it at work, I often felt the need to gain more academic or um, industry exposure, and that you know kind of led to when I was in, I was going in regulatory, going toward IT, got the IT degree, um, found that wasn't really satisfying me, knew I needed to get kind of a broader visibility, so I went to the supply chain masters, and that was such a good, uh, you know, at the time I thought it was just forward momentum, but it turned out to be such a good move because it really opened my eyes to what I find enjoyable about all of it, um, and that that was incredibly useful to me. Um, and I just, I'm very pro-education. I highly recommend if you have any opportunity, whether it's company supported or not, most of this wasn't, to tell you the truth, but it was something that I wanted and it was very useful to me. And we are fortunate enough that we're near Penn State, which has one of the best supply chain programs in the country. So that was just very, uh, you know, right, fell into my lap, more or less. And then going from this very hard-edged slide, to this, the bubbles of my motivator. Uh, so my motivation to do anything really is is kindness and knowledge. Those are just the two things, and that that actually came out to some degree with that executive counselor again. What do I find rewarding? Um, and kindness is not um, always, you know, Mother Teresa kindness. It's um, a purpose. It's having a sense of purpose and doing good and doing the right thing and doing no harm. So one thing as I was working through this presentation is that. You know, I keep coming back to the fact that I really haven't had a mentor. And I know that's being, you know, touted as, as very important. And I think it is. I, I do not doubt that. But reflecting on my path, I've had wonderful conversations, consultations, and I've had champions. But no one individual connection persisted as a mentor-mentee relationship. Either I've shifted or they have. That really, you know, I, I 
I believe strongly it's important, but I don't think it's the make it or break it quality. I think if you're motivated and looking for your own, you may find multiple mentors briefly over the course of your career. So family is at the top of that. Um, I have two kids, they're 12 and 14. Uh, they're, they're adopted and there were some attachment issues early on. Um, so I was lucky enough that my last job I was working from home and was even able to travel with them when I had to travel for work, which I, I don't know if I could have traveled otherwise. So it, you know, there's been some really just things that have given me incredible opportunity that I, I've been able to work through and work around. Um, and just to tie into that, so I've had this great support through my career, I think, you know, a lot of it's luck, but I extend myself to other people as well, and I think we probably all do that to a great degree. Um, and that has, it wasn't done in a, I do this, I get, you know, I scratch my I your sketch, your back, you scratch mine, but it does have benefits to it. Uh, just to go back to, I lived for a few years in Seattle, and a family situation, my family's all back here, evolved very quickly and very urgently, and I needed to be. So at the time, the company I was with, literally created a position for me in Ohio. That was the closest they could get at the time. And I was there for about 18 months. And it led to some good professional opportunities and I was able to get my broker's license. Um, but then the time came when I really needed to be here. I needed to be very accessible and able to lend hands-on support. And that, at that point, an officer in the company I worked for reached out to a friend of his in a, competitive, a competing company and basically got me a job site on scene. It wasn't necessarily a step up, but it was an opportunity and I could take it in 10 days and I did um, and that you know that sort of reaching out to people honestly not you know oh poor pitiful me but honestly I need help with this is there anything you can do has created this path for me as much as anything else and I'm incredibly grateful for that um, on the social equity side it's kind of hard to sum up what motivates you to a degree that you'll step outside of yourself uh, so much of what originally drove me was uh, my girls who, who are from China, so very involved in, in the local Chinese culture and community, so that was basically my driving force in supporting that. Um, now that they have gotten to an age where they don't want to necessarily be doing things with me, teenage girls being who they are, um, I'm more involved in community things, and I'm on the Chester County Women's Commission um, driving more opportunity, because the Chester County is has tremendous wealth and tremendous opportunity, but it's not entirely distributed. And how we can help there is through uh, the county commission has a lot of sway and very supportive on getting programs for single mothers. Um, I'm a single mother, so that's another piece um, that I just feel that should never be something that holds you back. But I certainly understand how logistically it could be, it'd be challenging. So areas where we can support that, um, and not one-on-one, -on -one, but really on a program level, I think is is crucial, crucially important for women to be able to be the strongest voice in the workplace that we need to be. And then finally, the creativity bubble. That's just, I'm not artsy, I'm craftsy. Nothing I can produce is going to sell, but I just enjoy it. So I think that's a good outlook for me. And this is the last one, I'm kind of blasting through. I know it's too quickly. Grew up with several sisters. It was self-defense. Um, so successful frame of mind. One of the things that fascinates me, and there's a, I can send the link out. There was this recent study on super agers, brain development and people who don't lose um, sharpness, I guess, and capacity as they get older. It wasn't, you know, you hear learning a language is good, learning a new skill is good. 
it wasn't the gaining of the skill that stimulated the brain growth that, that makes you stay edgy and, you know, clever. It was pushing through the frustration to do it. Doing things that are hard to do, it's much like building muscle, just the process of going through it makes brain connections that um, mimic a young, a young brain. So that to me is just so eye-opening that it's not the taking the course, you know, signing up for it and reading the, and doing the paper, and, but the pushing through that moment where you're thinking, I don't want to do this, and you do it anyway, there's incredible value to that. And for some reason, I find that fascinating and just um, really motivating. And then take responsibility for your own success and happiness. Um, we talk a lot about work-life balance here. I, I almost find that to be kind of a false flag to some degree. You find your balance. You make your balance. Um, nobody's going to send you home. Nobody's going to necessarily make you stay. And if they are, you need to figure out why that's not okay, you know, and what to do about that. But I'm sure I've missed opportunities, and I'm sure I've gotten opportunities because of my commitment to taking responsibility for it. Um, nobody else made the decisions I did. And finding and recognizing your strengths. Uh, for instance, I like strength finders. I don't know if you all have worked with that, but I think it underplays the need to acknowledge your weaknesses. And uh, you know, strength finder says basically play to your strength, and the weaknesses will take care of themselves. I think that's a little simplistic. Um, there's even going back to the previous topic that there's growth in forcing through it. I think it's important to face those weaknesses and not necessarily go after a finance job if you're, you hate numbers or which I kind of did in the beginning. So I'll tell you, don't do that. Um, <laughs> you know, or, or say a regulatory job if you hate reading. I mean, these are, you know, basics that you'll need. That said, don't shunt them aside because there's still value to at least getting yourself to a level that you feel competent, if not entirely competent. Um, and then finally, follow opportunity, pursue expertise, guard against narrowing interests and experience. Expertise is, is what's an asymptote. You never really get mastery. You, you can chase it, you can get closer to it, and the pursuit is wonderful, but if you allow it to shut other things out, if you're chasing one goal at the expense of the others, you just don't know what price you're going to pay for that. And I found it to be far better um, to, to remain open. In fact, when I was single-handedly like really pursuing the IT world, um, I dropped a, uh, a role that I had consulting with the government. And I was named to it. It was an honor. I did a full term. I started my second term. And then I found in my new role as an IT manager, I couldn't handle both, so I dropped it. Um, in hindsight, maybe a little less full force focus on that IT field, which just ended up not being my joy, right? And staying with, with that co-app team, I think would have been, um, would have been better. So there are definitely, you know, I haven't, I'm not implying I've been flawless on this. I have some things I've learned, <laughs> but uh, those are what I would take away from it. So, and that is my rather rapid and rambling deck. So thank you. Allison, thank you for presenting. Do we have any questions for Allison? So, Allison, um, I want to touch upon your last point. Sometimes we feel like we need to know everything about one thing. We need to be the specialist for all intents and purposes. How do how do we guard against? I mean, are there any tips? Um, and and how do we really? Okay, and I, I hear you on that. There's 
there comes a point when you know more than everybody else in the room does and that you're the subject matter expert at that point. If you don't have the answer, you know where to find the answer. And that may be the stopping point. That may be the point at which you say, this still interests me, I'm still going to read on it, I'm still going to stay tuned into it, but am I doing it to the exclusion of something else? And maybe evaluate a little and set that aside just to some degree and continue to follow up. You know, you have three projects on your desk. One of them is entirely an outlier. Put a little time into it still. Keep your hand on that one, even while you're following this mastery. I, I just think it, there's, there are very few jobs in this world that you um, benefit from staying laser focused on it. Perhaps, you know, brain surgeon, sure. But <laughs> <laughs> with what we do, there's so much opportunity out there. And how do you think Selenus helped you grow? There's a, a moment of silence there because it's been very good for me. Um, I, for From the global trade perspective, we are a new company, but we have a lot of baggage. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. And yes, that's a little optimistic, but that I can see a great deal of activity that we've done and how we want to do things differently going forward. So it's a little bit of a clean slate, but you have a great deal of data to base your conclusions on. So that, to my mind, is the best of both worlds. Are there any other questions on the line? Any in the room? Yeah, Al Allison, this is Kelly. I have a really quick question. Um, you mentioned that you didn't really have specifically any mentors or coaches that you would point to. So it makes me wonder, um, what did the role of networking play in your development and success? Because I don't see you mentioning it here, but I have to believe that there had to be some role if it wasn't through coaching, it had to be through networking that helped you yeah. be successful as well and advance and find opportunity. That is a great question. Thank you. Um, off on the right on this slide, the opportunity that US CBP, that's Customs and Border Protection, COAC, ACE, TSN, these are all programs under Department of Homeland Defense and, and US Customs. Um, and there are groups that I was a part of from my time with a broker, uh, with Tower Group, which is now FedEx, through BDP, which is still a broker, through Hewlett Packard, and those groups um, were absolutely all about the networking. Their TSN was people who were vaguely interested in how we were going to move customs forward into an automated world because the government was pretty far behind. Um, ACE is the program, and then COAC is a consultative group um, with far too many background checks that you're uh, you're actually working with them on promoting what regulations work and how businesses can best um, remain compliant without it being burdensome. You know, what really adds value, what information truly adds value to the government and to the, the companies that are, that are involved. And that type of networking, you know, very focused, you're all working toward the same thing. It's not a coffee, it's a common goal sort of networking. Absolutely, that has probably been the greatest influence. So I'm I'm really glad you called that out. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you all for your time.